You see, my father was an alcoholic. You want to know how I got these scars? I am Batman. You want to know how I got my emotional scars? How did you get them, Batman? <laughs> how did you get them, Batman? I didn't have any parents. <laughs> my parents are dead. <laughs> I might be an orphan, but at least my parents didn't feed me artificial food coloring and seed oh. oils. Oh yeah, all I eat is artificial coloring. My stomach is full of artificial coloring. Your hair is artificial coloring. <laughs> yeah, all of it is. And if you're asking why, I'm wearing the Joker mask today. It's because everybody calls us Jokers. <laughs> but he's like, you guys are so full, of why. so full of shiz. If you're wondering why I'm wearing the Batman mask, it's because COVID started from a bat. <laughs> and I don't believe in COVID. <laughs> yeah. And I'm representing all of our government officials wearing this mask. <laughs> you see me now, Dad? You see me now? You like what you see? This is what happens, Dad! <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> oh, are you crazy? You want to be crazy? I'll show you crazy! Listen, I don't know about these other guys, but we are like a superhero. No? We're like... Da -da -da -da. We're not crazy! Everybody knows you never go full retard. Muhammad is the most commonly used name on Earth. Read a fucking book for one. Did you get that memo? Yeah, I got the memo. Picasso is dead! Walt Disney is dead. I'm dead. Steve Jobs is dead. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Welcome to the Mentally Gone Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Mentally Gone Podcast. My name is Callie Lacerda. This is episode number 39. And sitting across from me is... Gabriella Lowe. Wow. 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 Welcome back, guys. It's been so long, huh? Yeah. It's been so long. Come here. Give me a hug. Come here. Me I haven't nice, seen you in a long time. Give me a nice juicy fuck. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm scared. Mom? I'm just I'm just setting the tone for what mentally gone is. All right. Mom, pick me up. I'm scared. You're getting what you paid for and you didn't pay anything for this. <laughs> yeah. So you're getting it for free. You yeah. gotta complain? You gotta complain to Joe Byron. <clears throat> Go tell Joe Byron right now. What do you wanna tell him? What do you wanna tell Joe Byron right now? Um, I just wanted to start this one off by just um reflecting a little bit on what I was thinking about. Just a few minutes ago, before we started this podcast, I decided to do a little meditation just to get my mind right. And the interesting topic of today's meditation, of this morning's meditation, was the idea that there are multiple realms that surround us or that our body and our consciousness is immersed within. So essentially, we usually kind of associate our thoughts with being real right mm -hmm. and our thoughts and like what and like what we think our emotions our our ideas they're all intertwined with one dimensional space which is the one that we experience and that we're touching and that we feel and that all that stuff but what i'm realizing and what's interesting and kind of liberating is the fact that what if we humans are just consciousness right pure consciousness and we are living and having an experience through the human body, right? Mm -hmm. But because those two things are very intricately connected to each other, they are 
as a result isolated from everything else. So every thought we think we have from our own accord, I think that we just attract and extract it out of the ether kind of. So if you imagine that thoughts, right, have their own dimension of space and they have their own plane and their own realm where they live and where they die and where they circulate. And then if you consider that emotions have their own plane and their own level and their own field where they operate, and then you have us in the physical realm where we operate and where we are located, then you start realizing that we are not our thoughts and we are not our emotions, but they just come through us, hmm. whatever us is. So if us is the spirit, the Holy Spirit, well, well, not the Holy Spirit, but, but the spirit that is holy, right? That's what I meant to say. Uh, a soul, whatever you want to call it, the Tao, whatever energy it is that we currently have within us, we are just kind of serving as a vessel. And so consciousness is is without all these ex like externalities that we often let consume us and control us. And so we often let this external plane take control of our consciousness. Huh. So we let emotions consume us. We let thoughts lead us to dead ends and we just become victims and just voyagers on the ship on different planes instead ah. of just operating within our own plane and then trying our best to just isolate ourselves within that plane so that we protect our consciousness and our soul from externalities so essentially it's like all all of those things are merely just experiences but they aren't what define us so our thoughts our right. emotions don't define who we are because we are this body mm -hmm. like you're saying right yeah and we're we are our consciousness con oh, i can't say that word consciousness yeah, consciousness. yeah. Consciousness. let's sound Conscious it out boys and girls consciousness 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 you get a gold star i'm like saying consciousness yeah but essentially like that's what it is i like that's what i'm realizing life is life is our consciousness you know so if you're listening or watching this right now you're conscious of doing so and you consciously made that decision right but if i say something that that stirs anger within you quote unquote it's not stirring anger within you it's just you're traveling close to a plane that you can't see where anger is more felt like like uh, is like closer to you and right. is gravitating towards you and so subconsciously you pick that fruit and you consume it and then in turn you let it consume you and so that anger starts stirring up and then you go into the comment section and you scream at your wife and you scream at your kids because of this video with this stranger who said something that just didn't really resonate with you or your spirit or whatever just kind of uh wheeled you towards that feeling and that emotion huh it's very like hippie talk but i just wanted to open it up with with one of these like thought experiments you know because if you understand that there is more to it than what we see then you begin understanding your true power as a spiritual being you know yeah i i've always said that we're more than just our thoughts and yeah. our mind and our emotions even you know yeah for definitely more than our emotions because mm -hmm. Because the reason people say that sometimes emotions are out of our control, it's because it could right. it could be the case where it's like these emissions of energy or something that we're, I don't know, 
uh, sensing. <laughs> I, I I can't really talk about that stuff. I don't know. Right, because this also applies to creativity, right? So if you look at a creative person as an antenna, as someone who has this this invisible antenna, the more tuned your antenna is, the more inclined it is to attract ideas, right? But the ideas don't come innately. They come from the ether. They come from different planes of existence that we are not privy to and that our senses don't allow us to to see and feel them and touch them. But imagine if ideas are just floating all around us, but then it depends on how open you are. So it depends on your level of openness and that defines your level of your level of creativity. And that's why I think that usually artists, you know, portray themselves as being this um, hippie, like positive vibes, man, you know, life is good and stuff because they're placing their minds and in turn their whole selves and their universal selves, which is their consciousness in this positive space that attracts, you know, creativity and attracts good ideas. And those good ideas translate into materializing around you and creating the space that you're in. And that's where the law of attraction comes into place. That's where positivity uh, creates a positive outcome, a positive environment, uh, like all of this. And I just find that interesting because I've always been a big fan of Virgil Blow, who was the, the founder of Off-White. And he had a great example. He said that, that if you... If you get a piece of equipment that is usually used to work on a car, right? So if you get like a wrench and you take it out of a garage and you put it inside of a museum, the surroundings of that wrench define the value of the wrench mm. because it's in a museum. Right. It's portrayed as something mighty, as something holier than thou, as something spiritually enhanced. It's like, wow. Like this wrench is beautiful, but the joke or the irony is that that wrench is still just a wrench that was in the garage. But if you take the Mona Lisa and you put it inside of your garage, it no longer be like, it's no longer the Mona Lisa. Mm -hmm. It's maybe a replica. It's not real. That's fake or whatever. And because the garage environment is attributing its values to the piece. And so if you start analyzing and start treating life that way like waking life and your conscious self as that way then you start filtering and just really decontaminating your surroundings and you start purifying the air purifying the people purifying the relationships until you create a life that's a museum and you're the centerpiece mm -hmm. you know that's really interesting yeah. i started thinking about like celebrities for example I feel like that's what gives them this like higher perceived value yeah. because they're all surrounded by people equally or more wealthy than themselves. Right. And they have this, you know, um, lavish way of living. And so even we kind of like idolize them. Right. Mm -hmm. And in turn, we're diminishing our own value right. as people. But then if, if we ba basically, what I feel like perceived value is, is that though, like, how do I explain this? The intensity of how much people li like something or want something or enjoy something creates the notion of how much it's really worth right. versus what it actually is worth. Yeah. And so I feel like 
the way that everything is set up, what we consume and what we do and and how, you know, how society is built to make us feel like uh, melancholic and just uh, loners and kind of, you know, isolated and working and being in front of screens and whatever else is all meant to diminish our own value. And yeah. so just like you were saying, that that continuously becomes what we attract, continuously right. attract in all the things that we do. But then these people that we have like this higher perceived value of like, oh, um, because because of how much people love The weekend's music, he's he's like, you know, godly. He's from, you know, another world or whatever. He's He's someone to be idolized and worshiped and adored. And then I don't even know where I'm going with this, but my point is that if we were to attribute that sense of self to ourselves, to ourselves, mm -hmm. like this high value, then then the things that we would also attract would be good ones. Yeah. And I think that that's where the, the saying fake it till you make it comes from. I think that there's there's like substance there and there's a, a bigger meaning to it just being like a phrase, like, like a popular phrase, like it's more than that. Because if you because if you analyze artists, right, more specifically hip hop rap artists, when they're coming up, they're still flaunting and still talking about flexing and like living this highly materialistic life, even if it's all just rented, you know, even if it's just provided by the label, it's just temporary. But then you fast forward. And if that artist takes off, then you will see him living in that reality that he depicted five years before when he was just starting off. Mm -hmm. So he created and materialized that idea. And I feel like there's this power and energy and public perception. And so when you put out a piece of music and a music video, more specifically, where you're driving Bentleys and Bugattis and Ferraris Bugatti. and everything. Yeah. Then you make the public the world believe that you have access to those things right and then that energy gets just absorbed and just gets sent to you and it helps construct your reality because you're already tweaking your own surroundings right and i was gonna say this kind of off topic on the whole celebrity thing but jordan peterson has a quote in his book about um taking care of yourself as you would take care of like a pet or someone that you deeply care for right because yeah. we neglect ourselves and then it's like, oh, I'll just do it another time. But then if if we treated ourselves like we do the people or, or the pets that we deeply care for, where it's like these obligations that we do for them because they need it. And we treated ourselves with that same responsibility and that same diligence, then we would benefit from it greatly right and have that same sense of urgency right? right so if you don't feed your dog the medicine today then there's a high probability that he'll have heart heart like like a severe heart disease he'll have worms or whatever it is and so you have knowledge of everything that you need individually but a lot of people just don't treat themselves as someone that that's worth worth it taking like like taking care of yeah exactly yeah. That's really interesting, though. So I guess all I'm trying to say with everything that, that was said up until now is self-love is very important, I feel, you know, because to your point, too, we are just conditioned and just prone to believe that our reality has to be, you know, inside of a cubicle, um, always submissive to a boss, to a higher up. 
uh, consuming junk food, consuming fast food, consuming things that aren't good for you and consuming content and media that's not good for you, like news and fake news, you know, like more specifically, but just news in general, it's all negative. And so we are prisoners of just negativity and we often don't have the, um, what's the word? The resolve to picture a reality that's different than the one that's already given to us on a silver plate, you know? Right. And and a lot of people even perceive it as a blessing, you know, like, oh, it's a blessing. I get to eat McDonald's every day. Two dollars fills me up. <laughs> yeah. Good for today. It's a blessing. God, God bless America. But guess what? It's not true. Like, that's not the case. Like, that's just not it. Right. So even if you spend a little bit more on grass fed, free range chicken or beef or whatever the fuck, and you just try to really look after yourself and treat yourself like you're someone that's worth you know, treating and helping, then you realize that, oh shit, like your life starts changing really quickly. Yeah. Speaking of, did you know that, well, I don't know how accurate this is. I always say, guys, like where else to get our information from other than online, but then I don't know which sources are trustworthy online. The internet. But I saw that a lot of people that got the vaccine, there's like a rise in cancer yeah um for people that got the vaccine but but not even the vaccine i feel like a lot of things that contribute to you know terminal illness is definitely lifestyle habits yeah, yeah. so and and over prolonged periods of time so it's never too late to start cleaning up your diet like if you're if you're 50 and you're and you've been eating horribly your whole life it's not too late to Clean up your diet, clean up your lifestyle, be a little bit more active because it's better than prolonging and just, you know, Yeah. I don't know. Which, which brings me to one of our topics today, but I'll just kick us off by, by saying the following, right? Um, I don't know how many of you guys knew this, but John D. Rockefeller, he is the, the main man responsible for essentially creating the pharmaceutical industry and making it into what it is now. And at the time, he was a massive uh, owner of just oil, right? Mm -hmm. And so previous to the advancement and the revolution within the medical industry, people were relying mostly on just holistic healing, right? right? And just natural medicine and just herbal medicine. And he, because he had this resource to leverage, he decided that he would completely buy out the pharmaceutical industry and make every medication that's approved to be petroleum-based. So basically oil-based, right? And these would be laced with highly addictive properties that would get people hooked and get people, you know. And, and there was a point in time after he started doing this and he started just you know, making these changes that the cancer rate w was just skyrocketing, right? Yeah. Because humans were consuming things and taking things that are just not bioavailable. Like our bodies don't know how to accept these chemicals. And then ironically, or crazy enough, he founded the cancer organization, something along those lines to fight, like fight against cancer and to offer cancer treatment. Right. To kind of uh, sway like yeah. the, the, uh what's the word i'm looking for like 
not be exposed right. in a sense because the it it was starting to get exposed but then when he created this organization it kind of you know diminished the severity of like the link between petroleum and cancer right rising. right but the way i saw it too is that he created the problem and then offered the solution and mm. that's how these capitalistic um, titans operate, you know, like they create the problem and then they sell you the solution. And so that's what's mind blowing to me. And then he made it so that in the American Medical Association, that any attempt at using holistic herbal based medical treatment was considered as just crazy wacko mindset. And it's literally written that way. It's like, it's just craziness. It's, um, I forgot what the, what the British term is exactly, but it's something like quackery, quackery. So it's considered quackery. Mm. So anyone who, who does not abide by the use of these patented pre-approved medical treatments that are you know, screened by the Rockefeller institution or the Rockefeller family themselves, then they are not accepted. And a lot of doctors were protesting against that. And all of them were silenced, prisoned, or just disappeared completely. I've, I've seen a lot of those things like where they just disappeared. Yeah. People who speak out. And I feel like that goes for a lot of, uh, controversial controversial and and extreme topics where people that are speaking out about it just disappear. end up disappearing or disappear and come back and and seem to be more like in line kind of it's kind of crazy but it's interesting that you mentioned that because petroleum yes it's in like prescription medications and all those things that that are being prescribed and you find in pharmacies and whatever but it's also in food that you're giving to your children yeah. because artificial food coloring is made from petroleum which like you said is the same base used for gasoline diesel fuel um as asphalt for the for the streets and then it makes you think like you're consuming something that's literally made to fuel your car and and pave the roads outside yeah and you're just eating that shit up <laughs> and you're feeding it to your children because artificial food coloring it's it's literally meant to, to be vibrant in color so that it attracts the eyes and the attention of consumers right especially children and it's targeted to children because it's found in candy it's found in cereals it's found in chips it's found in sodas and juices it's all of these things that are targeted products towards children. Mm -hmm. And all of them have some sort of artificial food coloring, whether it's like uh, yellow five, yellow, yellow lake, 40. yellow lake five, whatever that means, red, red 40, 40 yeah. like all of these things. And then, uh, and then what's interesting is that these artificial food colorings in, in the European, uh, what's it called? Uh, European. Uh, wait, I have to see really quick. Oh, the European Union has already banned a lot of these foods from being uh, sold and yeah. and basically found in stores on shelves because and oh sorry and if if the food does have one of these dyes and they do happen to have it in stores, it needs to have a label on the product that says letting you know that says this exact statement 
may have an adverse effect on activity and attention in children if it contains just one yeah. of the six food coloring. So it, it always has that statement um, in, I guess, like European countries under the European Union. And I saw a TikTok where someone was filming their grocery haul in Mexico, I believe, some country in South America where the labels on cereals like Captain Crunch and Lucky Charms, they all have like a huge label in the corner saying that this product may cause cancer. Yeah, and and it's true because in lab rats, it caused uh, like thyroid tumors. Mm -hmm. and, and if you think about it, like just artificial food coloring caused tumors in, in lab rats that were being experimented on. Mm -hmm. And then you're still willing to risk it and and continuously consume that, feed it to your children, give it to them as snacks to go to school, give it to them right in the morning, like first thing in the morning, giving cereal to your children as breakfast to start their day, to fuel their mind. And I feel like these products were designed to kind of, exactly what it's saying, it's making children less focused and starting it from a young yeah. age. So ADHD. It's it's easiest to target it towards children because, you know, they just say, oh, I want this and parents buy it and they buy it in bulk because they have big families or whatever the case is. And then you start it from a young age. It's like hyperactivity, uh, lack of focus and attention in school. And, and you're doing these things to just kind of null like the potential the high potential that you could have if you, you know, started eating clean yeah, at, from a young age. And you would unlock your chakras. <laughs> yeah, that's just true. Just like Aang's um, teacher says. <laughs> His guru. Yeah, the guru. Guru Patik or something. In Avatar The Last Airbender, which, by the way, is a very great show. Yeah, I love That's my favorite show. <laughs> it's an epic show, and I feel like they oversold it completely. Like, they they exceeded the potential when it comes to just children, like kids programming. Like that show, as an adult, if you watch it, you'll be like, holy crap. Yeah. You know? it's, a, it's a lot of deep spiritual teachings there. But the last thing I wanted to say is what I find interesting is that the FDA has recognized the concern for like cancer causing elements in artificial food coloring, mm -hmm. but it doesn't stop them from, you know, permitting these substances in our food. Mm. still and i that's why i always say like anything that's fda approved like that's not doesn't mean anything yeah like that doesn't offer me any security or any like mm -hmm. peace of mind because what i've realized too is that any establishment or any institution that's linked or related to the government or is a branch of the government <laughs> is in fact corrupt because governments are corrupt corrupt and our government is not exempt from that so yeah. if you really just follow the money which is what i believe in it's like always follow the money like where like where does the money lead you it always leads to corruption yeah. and scandals and just manipulation and taking advantage lobbying right? yeah there's a lot of stuff that goes behind it's, yeah well, so what else you got what else you got all right ladies and gentlemen um so I wanted to kind of tackle and dissect, and I took a lot of notes here. Um, I was just quickly reading through my notes, and I'm going to just not prolong this too much because it is pretty packed, but I'm also not going to skimp out and skimp you guys on on the juicy juiciness of really uncovering the truth here, if you will, or at least my interpretation of what I think the truth is. 
You know the VMAs, right? Yeah. Which music. are the MTV Music Awards. Yeah, video right? music. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Video Music Awards. Um, it's been around ever since I can remember. It's been around for years. I don't even know when it first started being a thing. And I wanted to really break those down year by year. And I want to start with this podcast episode. And I want to start with the 2022 VMAs. Just because enough time has passed and enough people have at least heard about, you know, like one of the instances that I'm going to cite here. So there's more, um, there's a higher probability of just broader understanding versus me just talking about something super recent that not too many people are privy of. But the VMAs, the 2022 VMAs were highly, highly occultish and just very like filled, packed with subliminal messaging, with occult symbolism with um illuminati symbolism yeah wasn't it in newark i think it was in the prudential in center newark, new jersey that's so i think so that's so crazy yeah it's so crazy because if anyone knows like where the prudential center is located in newark it's like leading to downtown newark mm -hmm. where it's well now it's gotten better but it's there is like poverty in that area it's a low-income area it's like you know there, yeah. there are homeless people. And so I find it kind of like, I always find it disturbing that they host like these events where these, there's like these super wealthy, rich people in these like low income neighborhoods. Yeah. And I don't know, like that's, I don't know. It, it's just weird. It's fishy. Yeah, it's fishy for but sure. But I just wanted to point that out because I just remembered now that it was at the Prudential Center. Yeah. But yeah, the occult symbolism in this one is crazy. Yeah, because I think that when it comes to industries like the entertainment industry, right, which um, have has sub substrates, substrates, I think that sounds right, substrates or whatever, just sub uh, categories, right? There's the music industry and then there's the film industry and then there's the performance industry. There's a bunch of industries within the entertainment industry, but it's all designed to entertain us. And I feel like every VMA is highly, highly symbolic for a reason, because I feel like it's a public display of loyalty from these artists who are showing the powers that be the small group that controls everything, including the, the entertainment um, industry. They're showing that they are loyal servants and they, you know, willingly subjugate themselves to the agenda essentially right. and so it's just them publicly reassuring that they are good little industry slaves and that they are going to continue pushing the agenda and working under this power that controls them and so this vmas was the most interesting and the most blatant one because the stage itself was literally a triangle right so it was a pyramid structure and while every single artist who performed at the 2022 VMAs, including, um, uh, what the hell is her name? Anita, Bad Bunny, Jack Harlow, Lil Nas. Lil Nas, everybody who performed at it, they performed on this pyramid structure stage, mm. Blackpink, right? K-pop. And what was mind blowing to me is that during every single performance, there was always this like weird eye in the center of this pyramid. Of course. And it, it like you you like you can't deny it, right? Like you're you're watching it and it's just weird. It gives us the, like it gives me this weird energy, like something's obviously off. 
It's not just artistic performance. It's not just anything that these artists might claim it is because all of it has a very common denominator in terms of theme, right? So the theme is very, is very uniform throughout. And one of the biggest themes of, of, of this specific year's VMA was the emphasis on just butt worship. Mm. So ass worship. That's so crazy. The ass was the main topic. Like the human butt was the main topic of this VMA. Every single artist was just emphasizing butt. It's always butt. Emphasize the butt, butt, butt. Men, women, every every type of artist. And I feel like that in of itself is is a tactic used maybe to kind of hypnotize the crowd, right? So the crowd sees Anita twerking and just shaking her butt on stage and during her performance more specifically, it was interesting because her backup dancers were all kind of representing the audience, representing the public that consumes her her performance. They were all just enamored and hypnotized and just moving with every movement of her butt. Mm. And I just found that interesting. And then when um J J J Balvin. Yeah. So when J Balvin performed, he also performed on the pyramid structure. And he he decided to use a massive huge ultra-sized life version of a uh, artificially generated lady mm-hmm. with a huge butt and this hologram essentially was just twerking and just twerking and twerking so during his whole performance and then the song he chose specifically which i found interesting was a song that had the line that that literally stated the name illuminati mm. and it said something like I'm going to eat your triangle like the Illuminati. That makes no sense. Which is implying that he's going to eat her out. But but I don't know, man. I just and this is just an overview, right? Because if you really like start diving in, which I'm going to do a little bit. But do you have anything to say? Yeah, I wanted to say that I think it's interesting that there's so much emphasis on the butt because the butt could be seen as like an what's the word like androgynous Androgynous, kind of you know where it's like both males and females have a butt right yeah and so they kind of will blur the lines and hyper sexualize the butt because it fits like the um the whole agenda of like sexuality being a spectrum being attracted to uh whatever and whoever kind of blurring right and so the butt is like an easy thing to the butt is also an easy thing to like put on display because it's it's provocative enough that it sells the sex yeah you know kind of thing but then it's also like appropriate enough that it's not like your private genital areas right it's not as obscene as you just whipping your penis out and just exactly dangling it on stage or like putting emphasis on penises or putting emphasis on vaginas so the the in between is the ass yeah so and to me it's like this intense sexualization has been packaged as free expression and empowerment (laughs) but in today's age right if you analyze everything objectively, you'll realize that it's all about control and submission. You know, it's like showing control, showing submission. And a lot of it also is about humiliation because these are puppets. These are pawns. These are industry slaves, right? They they have no free will in terms of their topic subject and, and in terms of what they decide to speak about and what they write music about. A lot of them don't even write their own songs. And right. so 
they all have writers, they all have producers, they all have people who do everything for them and they just serve as a vessel that's willing to um, capture the attention and capture the adoration and the love of their their fans and then sell them these agendas. And that's the exchange here. It's like selling the agenda, you know, confusing, um, hypnotizing and just doing all these things. And then in exchange, tell me what you want. My name is Lucy, you yeah. know, um, Lucy, I'll, I'll give it to you. And then you get everything. You, you get the car and you get the house and you get the watch and you get the clothes. Right. But it, but you are just a huge puppet pawn, that, yeah. pawn that's being used to further this um, agenda. And I wanted to say really quickly that it, it could sound crazy where it's like, oh, you're reaching or let people express themselves just like you said. But then can you deny this? Were these people doing this before they reached the level of fame that they did they weren't so if that if you can say no that they weren't then that already answers my question right and and it answers these questions it's like no don't be a denier of these things that are actually happening because if you can if you can confidently say like actually no i've never seen sam smith do that before yeah why is he doing it now at the level of fame that he has reached now at the level of wealth and 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 um uh, popularity or whatever and all of these other artists little nas x and all of them yeah. why only now are they doing it and doing so much of it and doing it blatantly and doing it yeah. all the time and doing it obscenely and doing it just Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's it's almost like I I don't know. It's just uncomfortable for like for me at least the the things that I have seen because it's not just at these performances. It's like their photo shoots. It's like it's every aspect of their life yeah. that's being portrayed to the public are these agendas. Right, right, and, and that's the same thing that happened with Nicki Minaj too. Because prior to getting the fame that she got. Um, she was a female rapper from Camden, New Jersey, and she was just on the scene in the parks, just bidding bars, just, just really perfecting the art of rapping. Right. And so she was maybe in love with the art form, with the, with the artistry side of things, you know, and then she became, well, she got tapped quote unquote to become this huge star and to become this new celebrity. And then she just let them do whatever they wanted to do with her, which is just highly sexualize her emphasis on the ass. Same thing with Megan Thee Stallion, Cardi B, who was a stripper. So they get these people who are already kind of like kind of desperate and they don't really have a good moral compass. Right. right? So they can't discern right from wrong that well because they grew up in broken environments. And and that's why I think hip hop is the easiest target for whatever this force is. If it's the devil, if it's a secret organization of individuals, if it's lizard people, if it's aliens, whatever it is or whatever you believe it is, you, you, you can't deny that it's not real like it does exist. And this thing preys literally on just hopeless and helpless uh people right who are just easily morphed into being something else and so they don't have a firm uh, like firm foundation of who they are individually and so they just give themselves to the industry right the ones who have not almost nothing to lose if not nothing to lose and so much to gain quote unquote and so and we were kind of talking about this last night about like how we humans operate on like a risk reward kind of uh 
basis, right? So if we take action to something, then there has to be minimal risk and high reward. Yeah. Or the risk has to be worth it for exactly that, for what you're standing for, for whatever you're receiving from it, etc. Yeah. And so I think that that's what happens with these susceptible people who who are kind of chosen to enter this industry and are given these paths is that they mm. have a high reward because it will save them from um you know the the life that they are currently living if they're involved in in certain illegal activity or if they're involved in in or or if they don't have like a stable environment or stable homes or stable incomes and it doesn't just go for these like um industry people but it goes for everyone so the way that the government and everything works is preying on people who have nothing because all they have is to gain and so they are the most malleable type of people and so they they'll be willing to do anything yeah. to achieve the reward and and be okay with whatever the risk is because in their eyes there's so much more to obtain and uh, and attain from doing whatever it is they have to do so it's like by any means necessary yeah and in turn they become weaponized as as just uh vehicles or weapons or indoctrination right right so then that's when it just all goes to hell because then they just acquire different names and different alter egos and they allow themselves to become possessed by demons or energies or ancient angels or whatever you want to believe again you know like it, it it's really for each person's interpretation but that kind of reminds me of that super and this is kind of like really off topic but i just have to mention it um ha- I don't know how many of you guys have seen that video of Kevin Gates having a uh, Instagram live conversation with this lady that's like super off-putting and just super strange looking. Uh-huh. And they have a conversation where they literally in front of thousands of people that are live on Kevin on Kevin Gates Instagram, they have a conversation that's just filled with codes. Yeah, I've seen that. And they talk about having 10,000 angels at their command. And, and and Kevin Gates asks this lady who's speaking super strangely, like her eyes are just jet black. Like there's no white lining in her eyeball. It's all black. It's almost as if she's completely possessed in that moment. And then and then and then she's talking in the third person because she's being possessed live by a demon. Yeah. And then and then Kevin Gates realizes it and he even asks her the question. He's like, Why do you always have to speak through your familiars? which is code for familiars are demons, you know, are just like entities. Like, why do you always speak for, no, why do you always speak through your familiars? You're supposed to control them. You're not, you're not supposed to let them control you. Yeah. And then she kind of laughs it off. And then Kevin Gates' daughter appears on the live. And this woman who's possessed by a, a freaking demon sees the girl and says like, oh, I, um, oh, Oh, like she's like so great or whatever. I want one of those and stuff. Like I want a child too. And then Kevin Gates starts laughing and stuff. And then he says, yeah, and she's super powerful too. And then when he says that, his daughter unpromptly, right, says to the camera, like like she starts saying, yeah, uh, I, I, uh, what did she say? She says that 
I practiced magic on my brother yesterday. And then as she's finishing that sentence, Kevin Gates quickly shuts her mouth because there's too many people on live and they can't say those things in oh, public. That's so crazy. And then and then towards the end of this live chat that he's having with this random lady that I've never seen in my life, but she was clearly possessed. He Kevin Gates voice changes. It changes from like me talking right now to like this kind of towards the end. And he said, and I think that that's when he like taps into his demon or whatever. And then he starts laughing in like a very like different tone of voice and a very devilish laugh. It's super creepy. And then he says like, I'm higher in power. I'm over 3000 years old. I'm higher in rank. Oh, that's so weird. So his demon is just more powerful because it's older. Yeah. It's been on this earth for longer. And then and then this lady who's still possessed, lady. she's like, she's like, oh, oh, like you're being rude. You're being rude. Okay, you're being rude. It's like this weird, oh, weird. That's... It's so weird, guys. Guys, I swear <laughs> to God, just look, just right now, just go on YouTube, go on TikTok. Tik TikTok is a great place to find these things. And just type in Kevin Gates uh, live stream Instagram or something like that, like weird live stream. And you'll see this lady and Kevin Gates having a conversation. And you'll remember everything I just told you. And you'll listen to it differently. Oh, that's so unsettling. It's two it, demons talking. It's it crazy. makes me think too, like, it, do you ever wonder why, look, just like you said, the the people who become part of the industry are slaves, right? Mm -hmm. But the way that I see it is that they're guinea pigs and they they are lab rats. And so the, the way that I'm sit, trying to frame it is that we don't ever see the higher ups no. ever revealed mm -mm. they because they're not involved in any of these things publicly yeah right and but so my point is that that's what celebrities and all of these people who we see pushing these things out and doing these absurdities and and just causing havoc and being possessed by demons or whatever yeah. the case is, is they are being run through an experiment is yeah, the way yeah. that I see it. Mm -hmm. Like they're like, they are the lab rats. They are the Guinea pigs. They, so that makes you think like if you're not seeing the people who are really responsible, you, you're not, you're not seeing them at all. Like you don't, you have no yeah, clue who the who hell are. these people really are. You can try to look up like who runs the industry or whatever, but you won't ever really know who is behind everything. But then that like that that alone should be a sign. It's like, why are the people who run it mm -hmm. so hidden, secret, private, so, you know, isolated from, you know, being able to find and discover and, you know, realize or whatever the case is. And then why is it that? these people like celebrities are the ones being used yeah and that's why some um artists who i actually respect like j cole for example i actually have respect for him as an artist and for the music that he's produced he has a line where he says fuck the fame and the fortune well maybe not the fortune but one thing is for sure this fame is exhausting mm. and i feel like fame is packaged as this thing that's supposed to be fabulous right if you go back to early 2000s being famous implied that you had access to a limousine 
that you were able to buy everything you wanted to buy and that you were the star of every room, you know, and it is still today. And it's a timeless concept, but I feel like fame is just that it's, it's opening you up to being susceptible to the influence of the higher ups. Right. And so they choose and they tap whoever they feel is ready to become famous. And that's how you have people who become famous. And that's why you have those stories of those mansion parties, you know, um, where, a lot of renowned artists have been seen in certain rooms inside of certain mansion parties in Hollywood and in, in Hollywood Hills, you know, doing homosexual acts, you know, like artists and rappers who portray themselves as being gangster and just hyper masculine and just about the street and about that life and stuff have been reported to be in those rooms, you know, doing an orgy with uh, with 10 other men. Mm-hmm. 10 other known people mm-hmm. and so those are i think the the um the water testings that these people go through in order to define and to see if they are in fact down for the count like down for the mission yeah you know so it shows that they're willing to do anything and everything and that's something that i'll i'll also get to in a bit but bad bunny during the 2022 vmas he won the award for the best artist of the year and he prior to winning that award and to be and to being awarded that he had to kiss another man on stage hmm. even though in that same year earlier in an interview he clearly stated that he is a heterosexual man and that he is in a relationship mm-hmm. and then why like why did he have to kiss another man during one of his songs that talks about that he has a lot of um uh Daniel muito novia yeah like Noivio. a lot of girlfriends yeah like he has a lot of girlfriends and that's literally the song that he was singing and then he has to kiss a guy mm-hmm. and you could tell that the kiss was just like like he felt uncomfortable and then and then and then if you follow bad bunny down the uh bad bunny rabbit hole you'll see that he's just on this mission towards becoming like reaching the top and that's why he's in a relationship with kendall jenner that you can tell is not authentic it's not organic it's not it's a business relationship and that's what i've said from the start is that chris jenner is a practicing witch a very powerful practicing witch of black magic and that's something i truly believe in and she's managed to leverage all of her daughters and leverage their their sex appeal and create empires, multi-billion dollar empires off of just their bodies and off of just their souls. And so in order for you to get a little bit of that magic, you have to just kind of do these business contract deals with the family that up and coming relevant artists, superstar megastars are involved with these girls, but it's really just an exchange. It's like in exchange for Kris Jenner to use and conduct black magic and just use her powers in order to help you elevate yourself in your career in exchange you give them relevance Mm. so you help them stay relevant throughout the ages and throughout the years and that's why they're they're the only family i can think of that's stayed relevant since early 2000s yeah it's crazy like over like 20 years of just relevancy and i wanted to make a well i wanted to make a joke about the whole bad bunny thing and then say that it's like michael scott and oscar in the office yeah it's literally that <laughs> the kiss yeah scene um but and the dating is literally jan and michael 
It's yeah. like Jan is Kendall and Michael is Bad Bunny. Yeah. He can't even speak English. Like, like, how do they communicate? Like, how do they talk? How do they whatever, you know? And there's like a video of them at like an NBA game or something. That. And she just keeps like walking away from him. And Ignoring. he's like trying to talk to her. Yeah. Uh, it's so it's so weird. And 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 I truly believe that that especially the Kardashians, like they have these relationships and then it's to keep them continuously relevant for a short period of time and then it'll be disposed and on to the next one because before Bad Bunny, Kendall Jenner was dating Devin Booker, who's an NBA player. And same thing with like Kim Kardashian. Like she's been crying online about being a single mom now. I saw um, that. But, and but, that she cries herself to sleep. Right. Or something. That she yeah. cries herself to sleep. But yeah. then it's like, so, and it's because right now she doesn't have a partner because before it was like Pete Davidson. And that was kind of bringing her relevancy because Pete Davidson was all the craze. But the point that I wanted to make really quick is that you notice that there are people who, kind of catch themselves i think but we don't see the full extent of it but there are celebrities who reach that like start creeping towards the peak of fame Mm -hmm. and then they drop off yeah because i think that that's when they realize that that there's more that's being asked of them at a certain point where where you see there are like musicians who suddenly stop making music who just like start living a different life there are like you see like movie stars who just stop doing movies um and now they're just living a normal life and it makes you wonder what is happening when when you get to this certain level of like recognition that makes some people back down and that that that's like a terrifying thought Mm-hmm. And obviously what's happening is what we're seeing, but people don't want to connect the dots. Right, right. Because because I also think that celebrities are a form of commodity for these groups, for the labels and for the groups that own these labels and that control these labels. Celebrities in general, even if you're not a musician, even if you're just a movie star, even if you're just a Kim Kardashian, if you're just an influencer, whatever it is. I feel like they 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 treat these famous people as commodities, right? So their price goes up and they eventually reach their all-time peak price. And then after you reach your all-time peak, the the probability the the probabilities of you surpassing that peak is very minimum. And so the natural expectation is that you're going to start just dropping. So that's when you have the descend uh, the descending arc of any major you know a-list celebrity so if you look at usher nelly for example early 2000s they were the guys Mm -hmm. and then now you never hear of them anymore and so they've reached their peak and it was during that time that they were able to reach it but what happens is that when you have these artists and these famous people who don't have as much potential to give anymore it's more profitable for the powers that be to really just catastrophize their image because it also sells. So if you get like Amy Winehouse, right? She reached her peak and then when she was going through her her rehab phase and she was trying to get rehabilitated for drug use and she was trying to just find herself again, they deliberately just like plummeted her more and more. And so same thing with Mac Miller, like he reached his peak and then he just got into this just drug 
drug um drug induced coma that that was his reality you know like it was all just just drug fueled mm-hmm. and then they spiked his drugs with fentanyl and kind of kind of gave way to that overdose but what i'm trying to say here is that when an artist reaches their highest value the probabilities of them surpassing that value is very minimal so it's more profitable for the labels and for the powers that be that control that artist to facilitate and to kind of invest in their downfall and their demise yeah because people love a good train wreck mm-hmm. like people love to watch a, a ship sink lindsay lohan right amanda Bynes, like all of these disney stars all especially yeah miley cyrus went through that phase so all of them kind of just go through this train wreck of an existence and that sells eye attention eyeballs attention gossip it sells and then when they don't have any use and they even realize that people don't really care about uh, PNB rock, you know, like who actually listens to PNB rock anymore? Maybe a lot of people, but not enough. So then what do they do? They kill them. Mm. They effectively murder these artists in order to retrieve the life insurance that, that these artists have to be collected. Mm. And so every label has an insurance on the life of their artists. And so if anything were to happen to the artist, the label gets insured, which is so crazy. So that's what signing your life away and signing your soul away is. So PNB Rock died. His label got a huge bag for that. Mm. And so it's in their best interest. If the artist is not producing profit, is not making enough profit for the label, then it's in the best interest of the label to either catastrophize their existence to see if it works but hey nobody really cares if pnb rock is smoking crack under a bridge nobody cares so what do you do you kill them and then by killing them you get the money that's so i didn't even know that that's crazy right so that's what really like makes me sympathize a little bit with these artists because a lot of them are just lured in by the prospects of being rich and just being famous yeah and they don't know what they the don't know the full extent of what they're getting themselves into. Right. Which is why I admire Kanye West and I always have. It's like he's been trying to make it out of that system. But the problem is that they have a, a strong grasp on that guy. You know, like no matter how much money he makes independently, he still has a huge amount of money. Like he has hundreds of millions, but they even took away his billion, you know, because that just shows that you exit through the end through you. No, you exit through the same door that you came in. So if you came in as an artist and you think that you're going to exit this building a billionaire using a different window or a different door, you you have something else coming to you because we still control you because you enter through here. Yeah. So you're going to exit as an artist. Yeah, that's it's it's pretty crazy. And that's why there's what I said, like, why did he disappear for a short time? And mm-hmm. so that always happens where it's like even when you start going against what's happening or you kind of try to back down yeah. kind of try to pump the brakes like they still have their foothold in everything that you do and and he even told the camera that like he warned us he said that if i ever go missing and and i come and back it's not me it's not me he yeah, said that that's and i get chills just thinking about that and then that was in the same interview where he was stating and exposing all of these artists Dr. Dre, Jay-Z. Jay-Z, his supposed best brother, friend, yeah. brother, big brother. Yeah. And big brother. How crazy is that term? Yeah, because he's always watching. Yeah. You know, so he exposed all these high profile individuals who are just highly ranked within the system, within this pyramid. 
and he exposed all of them saying that they sacrificed their 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 kids and their sons and their mothers and that his mother was sacrificed yeah so he was just saying it saying it and then he disappears for a while comes back married with a lady yeah that looks like a freaking cia agent yeah it's like what's going on here you know like you have to really start understanding that this guy is not off his meds the problem with kanye is that he was put on meds that's his problem right that's and, his illness and that's what people like think about this he has like press and stuff too which is why i think that even the things he would say in interviews sometimes it was meant like it was all meant for a purpose to bring this attention towards him for whatever right. reason and to slowly knock him off of his pedestal and that's kind of where it led him yeah. ultimately and i feel like people who want to deny that like just look at how many times it's happened with other artists and other celebrities right where it's like they they're they're shown doing something that gas makes people gasps gasp makes people gasp and kind of just like uh throws them off and then and then all of a sudden how do i explain it basically yeah like you see that happening because it's all meant for the long run result which is to now break down their character right and yeah i don't know yeah. where i was going with that my yeah. brain just kind of fried out and um, I just want to quickly point out that uh, during the 2022 VMAs, right, the the pre-show, so they usually have a pre-show to get the audience lubricated and just warmed up. <laughs> um, yeah, the the warm up shows opened with a man named an artist named Saucy Santana, and he appeared wearing female clothes. Apparently, it was the same clothes that Beyonce wore, and he was twerking all over the place. And his backup dancers were also males in women's tight shorts just twerking to this audience you know that is comprised of just a younger generation of people and and so like it's clearly designed to confuse and then this pre-show closed with another artist named dove cameron a female who performed dressed in a traditional male suit and attire and her her choice of music was one that had lyrics of things like um I could be a better boyfriend than he can. Yeah. Right? I'm aware of... So Dove Cameron was a Disney star. Oh, there you go. So and so... Part of that machine. Yeah. And and the song, like, I could be a better boyfriend than him. Yeah. It's like, that's kind of like the melody, I think, or something like that. Mm -hmm. But that's really interesting considering right. that she can't be a boyfriend because she is not a She's boy. She's a female, right. Right. And so this is designed to deliberately subvert the idea of traditional gender roles, right? So she goes on to sing about how she can be a better male boyfriend for the female in question than the love interest that that female had and so the 2022 vmas opens with a man dressed as a woman and then it closes with a woman dressed as a man and so that's very symbolic as well and you have to pay attention to that and this rehearse this this reversal of the sexes is deliberately targeting the young audience that watches this and that tunes in, that tunes in every year and just follows every footstep of these celebrities and it's meant to twist the idea of human nature and confuse out the younger generation into not understanding what it is to be alive like that's what i think that they're aiming and gearing towards it's like there is no framework anymore it's like everything's just wild and crazy and free but that freeness 
is actually a curse because we need structure. We need to have some form of format, you know, like we need that. Like as humans, we've always been geared towards that. Yeah, I was going to say that that Dove Cameron song, the boyfriend one, was already like labeled a a queer anthem right and so it's interesting that that was the choice of music for like you said the vmas which is followed by children and all of these live events that children tune into and families tune into and and people are consuming the entire show and the entirety of it and it just makes you wonder like why some specific things happen why it's so like Mm -hmm in like all in line and all like related what what the things that they're speaking upon are yeah yeah and and, um also what's interesting is that at the 2022 vmas every award was preceded with this huge animation right above the pyramid structured stage this huge animation of a hand from above descending and bestowing upon the artist or the industry slave their shiny trophy, Mm. right? And so this symbolizes the elite's hand bestowing upon these artists and these selected artists who are selected to, you know, forward the agenda and forward this gender-blurring ideology, they give you the award. And Mm. so it's this mysterious hand. It's It's the hand of mysteries that comes down from the heavens, above this triangle pyramid structured stage and gives you the shiny trophy you know and that is super symbolic because like what like what is a trophy if you really think about it like what are you achieving as an artist you know like sure like is it sales is it numbers i don't think it's just that because a lot of these things are all rigged usually you know like kendrick lamar had the best album of all time recently and he and he didn't win like the the greatest album award or some shit it would it was probably some bullshit like Lizzo or something like that. Yeah, I you think know, it was Lizzo or yeah. something like that. So it's always going to be like like they have a specific metric that we don't under like we don't understand, but it's all centered around the agenda, you know. Um, and then I just have here that uh, we have another male. Okay, and then we have another case, you know, in the pre-show still of a male artist named Conan Gray, who dressed as a woman while performing under a literal pyramid kind of LED structure. So it's a literal pyramid and this artist is standing in within this pyramid structure. And this to me symbolizes um, the incubation of artists. Mm. And so these are artists that are just warming up and just starting to sizzle up and they're almost ready to be used and weaponized for this ideology and for the, you know, just, just, just to, you know, uh, push the agenda essentially. And right. I just found that interesting. Yeah interesting yeah but but you should keep going really quick and i'll be right back you have to pee yeah okay. and i can't concentrate all right so i'll just continue breaking down the vmas so what's interesting also is that lil nas x also went through a humili- uh, humiliation ritual so lil nas x went through a humiliation ritual at the 2022 vmas because right because he was called to received the award for best collaboration along with Jack Harlow, right? He was called on stage and the outfit that he was wearing, right? And if you consider the fact that these outfits are usually pre-picked for these artists, right? I don't know if you've ever seen like backstage, back, like behind the scenes preparation for any awards. If it's the Met Gala, 
if it's the Oscars, if whatever it is, usually they're stylists, right, who are influenced by representatives of the of the larger mechanation machine that operates everything, you know, the the dark group that, you know, glooms over everything. They get influenced by that group. And then and then the stylist is kind of forced to create outfits that are in line with the agenda that they want to push, right? And so Lil Nas X was literally half naked at this show and he had to cover his private part, his crotch, with his purse, right? Which is very fitting. His purse while he was receiving this award and i'm convinced that that was part of his a part of his humiliation ritual because he didn't really go through a humiliation ritual because he is supposedly gay right i don't know if he's actually gay i don't know if it's just for him to be a part of the system for him to enter the game but let's assume that he's gay and so for him that's not really a humiliation ritual because he's okay he's comfortable with it but then you have to find other forms of humiliating these artists in order to kind of kind of desensitize them and to kind of um, see if they are well suited and ready to be a main player within the game. And that's what we saw happening with Doja Cat, you know, like she's been going through an extensive period of humiliation. And it's interesting because during one of her Instagram lives, Madonna even commented and Doja Cat addressed Madonna's comment and Madonna said that they would do so, like crazy stuff with her, mm. implying that the power that be uh, was going to have their 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 fun with Doja Cat, and she's still going through that. Like like she completely lost her soul, and I feel like that's what Lil Nas X had to do. And he was clearly uncomfortable on stage. And so, if you are expecting to win an award, you wouldn't wear anything that you don't want to wear while receiving the award. And he was even hesitant; like he didn't want to go up. And Jack Harlow had to go to his seat and force him and call him to go on stage. And then the entire time he was turned away from the audience covering his private part while Jack Harlow did most of the speaking. And 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 all of that was just designed, you know, like it's just because all of this is like pre-written, like it's pre-designed. And you can't say that it's like a skit or anything either because... No, it's not. You can read through the expression just like people thought that the Will Smith and Chris Rock thing was a skit. Yeah. So you can read expressions, you can read energy in the room. Yeah, you can see through these people's masks. At least I can. Like, I can see it pretty well. Right. And and how, like, this was around the time that he did his Montero video, yeah, right? exactly. Interesting. And Industry Baby. Industry Baby, that Which, one. Which, again, Industry Slave, dude. Like, that's what I'm literally talking about here. Wow, I just picked up on the freaking name, Industry yeah. Baby. Yeah, so that was during his peak of just doing these very obscene and very controversial moves. And he also did a, a collaboration with the 666 shoe that supposedly had drops of human blood in them, in the soles. He did the Montero video. He did the the other one. The other one. Was the Montero one the one that he dances on Satan's on lap? The, yeah, on yeah. the devil. Mm -hmm. So he danced on the devil. He did all these things in order to receive this award, which is just the acknowledgement of the higher establishment and then we have what i've been look so people who follow our reaction channel right i doubt that too many of them um, also listen to our podcast because i feel like it's like different audiences and that's a good thing because on our reaction channel we've been jumping into k-pop right yeah. but we've been kind of painting it in a way where it's like we are neutral neutrally consuming this content and just really trying to like appreciate the musical aspects or or at least i'm speaking for myself 
It's like, I'm just like trying to like consume it and try to better understand it, which I am. But also it's allowing me to really dive deep and understand what's the appeal of this segment of entertainment, which is just growing and just exploding um, all, all throughout the world, which is K-pop. And every video that we've reacted to, it's filled to the brim with, with like occult symbolism. It's one-eye symbolism. It's butterfly symbolism. It's, it's Alice in Wonderland symbolism. It's all MK Ultra kind of programming in every K-pop music video that I've seen so far. And at the 2022 VMAs, Blackpink made, made their big performance, hmm. right? And they performed on a pyramid structure that had a pulsating eyeball in the middle throughout the performance. And hovering above this pyramid structure was a, a, a hologram of a cloud with two fangs that kind of look like upside down devil horns, but two snake fangs over the pyramid structure. That's insane. And then you watch this and you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, they kill it. Girl yeah. power. Oh, my God. I loved Blackpink. Like, it blows my mind. It blows my mind how many NPCs there are, how many people who are just walking zombies, just literally, look, eyes wide open, but eyes wide shut. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply yeah and just a note uh black pink is supposedly the largest girl group in the k-pop industry exactly and i think that people have even said that they are equally if not bigger than bts but i think most can say that they're pretty equal bts yeah. and and black pink and if anyone knows bts is like the largest k-pop group kind of yeah. um but what's interesting too is that when you go on youtube these k-pop videos they surpass like millions. tens of millions like they yeah. get 60 million 20 like 20 million upward like around that range usually especially with these larger groups and one thing that they do sell a lot of is like sex appeal mm -hmm. um they they sell like these perfect um perfect uh doll like humans right doll like humans perfect appearance impeccable perfect. skin yeah like skin, everything, everything is perfect but but aside from that just like you said there's a reason why there's like these alice in wonderland themes and these like 
subtle themes that they try to fit in and they make it so like elaborate their videos yeah but then it has these like little symbolism so then it seems like it's getting lost in it but and it's fast paced but when you're focused when you focus on it and yeah. you pick up on it it's hard to ignore but my point is that it's interesting that k-pop is used as a vessel and people can't say that that these things only pertain to the u.s because even k-pop references american pop culture and and is intertwined with the like u.s music industry and everything else but my point is it's crazy when you think about the amount of views that these k-pop videos get and how it's you know there are children who listen there are tons of people millions like i said millions of people who listen and watch these videos and obsess over them and i think that that is in part because of the hypnotic nature of it nature and elements within the videos and the songs performance yeah right. yeah and and if you get a still frame from this performance from this live performance right you can literally see the resemblance to the Masonic all-seeing eye, mm. right? So there's the Masonic all-seeing eye that's usually portrayed as being, um, as as being located within the triangle, within the pyramid structure, right? With rays of light emanating from its sides, and there's literally a part where where you can compare the traditional Masonic symbol with the Blackpink performance at the 2022 VMAs. And it's the same thing. Mm. It's like they have lasers emanating from behind this pyramid structure and there's a pulsating eyeball coming from within this pyramid structure. And then you have this cloud hanging over it with freaking upside down devil horns that are perceived or, or, or portrayed as like snake fangs and shit. It's pretty mind blowing. And I've always questioned like why? Like why do they get tens of millions, hundreds of millions of views on YouTube? Every video they drop, everything's so hyper just just worshipped, you know, like they're just worshipped. Like they're K pop fans are nuts. Like mm. nuts. Like yeah. like like we've seen them firsthand and that's one of the reasons why it's kind of like um a field experiment that I'm doing. It's like I wanna infiltrate the camp of K pop. And I wanna understand firsthand what it is, like what's the appeal. And my conclusion is that their songs are very generic and very formulaic, mm -hmm. right? Like, 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 audibly, nothing special about it. Right. It's very formulaic. It's like every other pop song, and a lot of them are even meshes of just different genres that they just use from from old songs, and they mesh it together, and they create this thing. It's all generic. Nothing special. And yet, you have to question. Okay, so if nothing special about the music, it's not like mu music that hits you spiritually. It's not any like life changing song that you you know hear from certain artists. Then what is it? And right. the what is it is just black magic. Like that's all it is. It's literally magic that's used to disseminate and permeate these ideas. Yeah, that's that's crazy. And I do think that there are like uh, frequencies yeah. in in music in general in a lot of music, and that's what makes. It's so addicting, quote unquote. And I think that I would compare like the the black pink members to like Taylor Swift. Right. You know, and people who worship the ground that Taylor Swift walks on. You you have to question why people idolize these, you know, musicians and these music artists and celebrities in general. And I just find it very unsettling and it's kind of what I said before, like 
in doing that, you you're just diminishing your own value. You're a servant. And we kind of talked about why it's called being a fan. Because back in ancient times, the servants would fan their royals. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. That's always blown my mind. Is that like people, people take like people take pride in being a fan. Right. But if you really think about what that word means, you're, you're a fan, you're fanning this celebrity that has been placed on a pedestal by this system that's already in place and that has been ruling our society for years, hundreds of years. And you decide to be proud of the fact that you're just a fan. You're just a, a brainless, you know, mechanical arm that's just fanning the flames of the star of yeah. this already, you know, um, prominent figure. And I've always said that I'm not a fan of anyone that I can be a fan of someone's work. I can enjoy their work. I can admire them in certain aspects, but I'm never going to be a fan of anyone. Yeah. You know, like if I ever met Kanye in person, I'm not the type of person who's going to faint, who's going to scream and I'm yell and run after. Fan, yeah. yeah. And just like kick, like kiss his ass and stuff. I'm, I'll never do that. I'm the type that the most famous person can be sitting uh, on a, like, in a table across from me and I won't interrupt them. I won't disturb them. I'll just acknowledge it. Be like, damn, like that's pretty crazy how I'm sitting in the same restaurant as Post Malone, as, as the weekend, as Drake, you know, but it's never that thing of like me wanting to just kiss up and shit, because these are just people who have been chosen to be in this position of influence. And a lot of the stuff that they produce, again, they don't even write themselves. Like they just perform it. Right. And even then, like you kind of think about, if you did see a celebrity, like, why not just look at it as that's just another human being, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just another person who was once a child, who was once born. Who right. It's not like they are legendary beings. They have the, like, if they Superpowers. were, right, then <laughs> I don't even know. Like, do you really consider someone making a song, just like you said, that has like 30 plus writers on it? Yeah. To be legendary, to be, I don't know, groundbreaking in a sense that you have to kiss the the floor that they're walking on. Right. Have you ever seen that um, TikTok of people filming the Taylor Swift uh, tour concert performance? Oh, yeah. And she's performing a witchcraft, like a, a ritual on stage, essentially. Like she's in full robes, you know, as if she's in the woods with her fellow... What? you know witchcraft buddies or satanists or whatever she's into and they're doing conducting a ritual on stage in this stadium that's filled to the brim with devoted fans and the taylor swift fans are psycho they're crazy there's nothing up there they're they're literally lizards yeah in their ways of thinking like they have the full lizard brain it's like they just worship it and it's the most dystopian scene i've ever seen of like Taylor Swift fans leaving the concert in 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 herds essentially right in a huge group and they're all chanting in unison these spells and these incantations which are perceived as music and lyrics and they're all singing it in unison and they just it's so creepy man like I've never seen something so creepy and the same thing applies to any other huge celebrity yeah like they put these people in trances these people are sleeping. They're hypnotized. That's what they do. And they do it in front of your face. Like the, the weekend is another example of that because the weekend has been 
filmed during his tours and during his performances of literally conducting real life rituals using, you know, big, um, big, large representations of the sun, of the moon, of Mars, and having these caped figures who look all distorted and weird and super demonic. And he's on stage just being possessed and stuff. And then Taylor Swift does her little witchcraft circle in the middle of a stadium, you know, and if you consider stadiums like what they are, they're all shaped from above, like they look like an eyeball. And so it's an energy center that, that I believe that, that that's what feeds into an artist's star power. It's that the fans fanning right from ancient times like the fanning of a king like king had his servants who would fan him these fans are giving them the energy the life force in order to continue ruling and sometimes we don't even know if these are like demonic beings that are just using these these humans as vessels but again it's a tale as old as time and that's why you have hieroglyphs on in ancient egypt of just pharaohs being treated as as gods you know essentially like that's what it is yeah that's really, I mean, it's pretty crazy when you start really looking into it. It really is like, I, I, I just get shocked, you yeah. know? Um, I was going to say that there is a, there is something that I want to talk about and I will do it on like our next episode maybe, but I've been seeing like this Tomorrowland performance or something like that, like an EDM performance thing. Mm -hmm. And it's by a group called like the tale of us. Mm -hmm. And they did like an afterlife tour or whatever the heck it's called their, their album afterlife. But this group tale of us is, uh, two DJs, Italian DJs or something. And, and at this concert or whatever, you see like, you see like symbolisms of transhumanism and crazy shit, which I do want to get into. But when you look at the crowd, exactly what you were talking about, like all of these people who who are lost in the music and stuff, like they are being put in a trance. Yeah. They are being hypnotized. They are in, in these large groups. Yep. And I think that that energy just just emulates throughout the whole place yeah just like with the asher world event yeah where people were literally passing out people were dying i strongly believe that we humans we have the choice to either become cattle for the powers that be that are just absorbing our energy and just sucking our life force out of us or we can make a decision to cultivate our inner power and then break free from everything. And I feel like even once you break free of your current matrix, you have to choose a path of either becoming more famous and becoming more known. And then you become under, like you get controlled by the higher ups, but you just elevate yourself through this pyramid structure, or you completely break out completely. Like you say, fuck you to whatever you believe. Again, like it could be ancient Egyptian demons. It could be, satan it could be lucifer it could be whatever you want to believe but this dark group and you just give them the fu and then you just hope for the best and you try to do it on your own you know and that's kind of what andrew tate is doing in my opinion because he did go to prison because they tried to get him but but it's like yeah i don't know but i just feel like we are cattle for energy like we are being farmed for our energy yeah. and that's the most precious thing and that's why these festivals like i've never been a fan of musical performances or musical festivals i've never been the type that's like oh i have to see this artist live 
never appealed to me even before I started my journey of awakening and just realizing what reality actually is never appealed to me because I feel like my soul always rejected that. It's like, I'm not going to go to a concert, to a stadium packed with people, zombified people, hypnotized by music and these sounds that are being produced that are designed to just put us in this trance. And then, and then you like, you don't know what these artists are doing to you. Like if they're casting spells, if they're, you know, sucking your, your life force out of you, like you just don't know. So I've never been a fan of that. And I feel like that's exactly what that is, you know? And we said that on our daily um, podcast about like scary movies. Yeah, that like too. we saw like Evil Dead Rise, and it was like chanting curses and whatever. Yeah, or whatever it was chanting. Who knows? And we had to kind of talk while it was happening yeah. so that we wouldn't be susceptible to whatever the hell it was saying because yeah. it's in a different language, and you don't know what's what it's like casting on you. What spell or curse or witchcraft or whatever yeah first is going of all on. first of all evil dead rise uh subpar movie like below average i'll give it like a five maybe a four out of ten not that great of a movie um but yeah there were parts where they seemed to be chanting actual spells in latin and during those parts i literally just plugged my ears because i didn't want to be you know like i didn't want to put myself under that trance yeah under that spell because you don't know what these people are actually doing like they could actually be chanting stuff that's legitimately going to alter your spiritual chemistry or whatever you want to call it you know like it's going to throw you off it's going to do something to your life it could be a hex you know like they're throwing a hex on you on the audience like you don't know right again like you can say oh you guys are reaching it's just entertainment it's just a movie yeah, like then stop you're part of that, the people like, who's asleep it's like okay well if that's the case then then good for you but it's just my stance and my opinion and what i feel while these things happen and unravel in front of me and i just go off of what i feel yeah and that's it and you can you can suck up all that energy all you want you can suck you can my defend it all you want i feel like there are so many um what's the word i'm looking for like self-entitled people now yeah they are the most like defensive argumentative people like I don't know. It's just... Which is one of the reasons why I decided to use the Joker mask is because we do read comments and there are a lot of comments that sometimes they're like, oh, no, like this is a reach. Oh, repent. Believe in Jesus. Jesus is coming back. All, like all all sides of this um, gamut, right? Like we've had Satanists comment on our post. We've had, you know, devout Christians. We had agnostic people. We've had atheists. People of all ranges of all lives, right, have come to our page and commented. And to those people, I say, yeah, you're right. You have the answer. You have 100% the answer. You've, you were born or for some reason for, through divine intervention, you've been bestowed the answers to the universe. And you know for a fact that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior. He's coming back and all that stuff. Great. Mm. This podcast is not for you because this podcast is for people who are beginning to really awaken. Because to become awakened, in my opinion, is a very arduous process. It's painful, right? It means that you have to go through a, a period of time where you're literally ostracized. You make that deliberate, uh, like deliberate attempt at ostracizing yourself in order to have more introspection and yeah. to have more time alone and just really with your thoughts and trying to understand the world around you through introspection, through meditation, through spiritual journeys. 
And a lot of these people that claim to have the answers and claim that we are reaching, they're just people who are just still asleep, but they're glorified versions of that because right. they're, they believe that they're holier than thou because they know every verse from the Bible. Great for you. But that book, just know it's been altered throughout history hundreds of times to appeal to the powers that were in power, to the people that were in power, and in order to facilitate their control over the sheep, the sheeple, mm -hmm. you know? So all of that is like, I don't trust anything. I don't. I can only trust what I can see and feel, and that's what I'm living this life off of. But I'm not trying to go through the hedonistic route. I'm not trying to just be a pleasure seeker because that's the bad part of it. I'm trying to just feel and try to discern what's good for me and what's not spiritually, materially, carnally you know i don't even know if that's a word but carnally meaning like carny which is in portuguese brazilian portuguese it's me so yeah. in the flesh yeah like physically like yeah physically yeah that that all makes sense for sure i mean that's why i say like to each their own and i feel like people who um feel like they have it all figured out and they know everything and they lack like open-mindedness which i use the word self-entitled but i just think i mean like closed-minded yeah but those people and i was telling you this yesterday it's like they're they you look at them and they're in this like new brand new car but the cars that are more valuable are the ones that have gone through the grit and dirt yeah. and have endured and and can endure and have this endurance exactly and those are the ones that are the most reliable cars, the ones that have gone through it, that have tested the storms, that have tested any weather, that have tested different roads, not the ones that have been on the same com comfortable, familiar road in their brand new car, driving it, you know. You know what's funny is that usually in commercials to sell the appeal of like a fancy car, right? Because they don't really do commercials. So you won't see a billboard trying to sell you a Ferrari, a Bugatti, because like those don't require that because, you know, if you have the money to acquire that, then you probably will. But usually in the videos that market a new release of those cars, like a brand new Bugatti, it's always on on like um like closed uh, racing tracks. Right. Right. And then if you think about it, right, like if you live in a city where there are a lot of speed bumps, yeah. And you bought a new Bugatti, then you can't really traverse those roads. Like right. you can't drive on those roads because you're going to mess up your car. And so it just creates like it's more limiting, which I find it ironic. So, for example, both of us grew up in Newark, New Jersey, Ironbound um, area of Newark, New Jersey. And there are a lot of just fucked up parts like streets are Pot fucked holes, up. Yeah. Potholes, speed bumps. And so you can't own a Bugatti while living in Newark. Right. And so it's just funny how a lot of people maybe devote their entire lives to working and finding a way to make more money in order to purchase that Bugatti. But then they go to drive it and you can't drive it everywhere. Yeah. And so that in of itself, I don't really know what the what the meaning behind it is yet because I just thought of it. But there is a meaning there. It's like it's all just for show. Right. It's all an illusion. This Bugatti is shown as being this speeding force, this beautiful horsepower like goes fucking 500 miles an hour or however fast it goes but you'll never use it that way right but it's designed to make you feel less about yourself and to devote your entire life into trying to acquire that and i think that cars are a metaphor for people in the sense that i like 
how I'm trying to say it too is that these new cars, these luxury cars, they're fragile. Yeah. You have to treat it as such. You have to it's like high maintenance yeah. and it's fragile. Like any any wrong move will completely cost you essentially. Yeah. If you and, scratch and, it. And that's how I see people who live in a way that they're just sleeping still. Yeah. Or they're in this like la la land. The people who haven't gone through it, who haven't really experienced what life is, which is grit and grime. But those people, they are the luxury car. You're fragile. At any moment, you are going to crumble when when something really gets thrown your way. Yeah. That that your car just couldn't, you know, stand withstand, withstand the exactly. Of time or, yeah, pressure. But then the people who have those reliable cars, like people who are reliable cars, and like I'm making that metaphor. Yeah, it's like yeah. people who who can withstand the storms and the potholes and the whatever, who have gone through all of that and their car has built endurance, those are the people who don't have, like aren't fragile is, is what I'm trying to say, is that they've gone through it already. They've, yeah. ex- they've gone through the experience. Isn't it interesting how the same applies to homes? Like most uh, hyper-modern luxurious homes are those that, have glass windows all around yeah the most yeah the most uh susceptible to being uh destroyed right and then if you look at like villages and just poor towns across the world in africa in the hood or whatever it is it's all like just just bricks bricks mud and dirt you know like that's what that's what keeps it up but 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 those homes are more durable than the luxury ones because all you need is a rock to break one of the facades of this hyper luxurious home that costs hundreds and thousands of times the value of a home in the hood, in the ghetto, in a village in Africa, whatever it is in South America, it doesn't have to be Africa because people will be like, oh, you're racist, you're whatever, choosing. Listen, I grew up in Brazil, which is a third world country. It's a developing country. And there are lots of parts that are just the hood. It's like, it's literally like a village in mm-hmm. in a underdeveloped country. But my point is that all, all of them are just made up of just bricks, which we call chijolu, um, not even concrete, just bricks, dirt, and mud. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And they last forever. Yeah. And that's why there's the term like, don't throw a stone if you live in a glass house. Exactly. And so that's why like, these comparisons is i don't even know how we got here but i don't know you know people who people oh because because what what my whole point is at least is that people who tell us like oh you don't know what you're talking about or you your opinion is wrong or whatever it's like you haven't thought everything through and so that's why i made all of these comparisons to to, well, you brought up the houses and cars and whatever, but you don't have the answer, Sway. <laughs> but 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 to the point, it's like, yeah, like no one has the answer, and you can't cast a stone if you live in a glass house. So right. if you haven't experienced everything and 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 everything is subjective, then you know yeah. you shouldn't really insert your opinion. Yeah. Um. So I just wanted to say this because we're almost at two hours. Of, what of podcasting yeah um because of the nature of this podcast which is called mentally gone 
Um, we do a lot of sidetracking and like derailing, which is good. And, and it's fun because to me, it comes off more organic than if we were to just read off of scripts that we have, you know, written for the episode, which we do have. But even from the script that I wrote, which is literally like five or six pages long, I just kind of freeballed it and just used like a reference point and then just created my own thing and just made it my own instead of just reading off of it. My point with all this is that I have a little bit left. It's not too much. I could either speed through the rest of the 2022 VMAs or we can start wrapping up and just call it for what it is. No, let's do it. I mean, guys, we're already here. Yeah, and I don't really mind if the episode is a little yeah, longer because like, it doesn't really make a difference. It really doesn't make a difference. Like, for people who signed out at one hour, like, yeah. okay. For people who signed out at two hours, okay. For people who are here in hour five, if yeah. that were the case, then great, you know? Yeah. And we're going to start calling this the deep end of the podcast. So if <laughs> yeah. you've made it past more than half of the way of the episode or the half of the length of the episode then you are a true mentally goner like us. Like you just like to talk and just don't really care about time. But if you clocked out, obviously, then you're a loser. And yeah, just do better. Go take the blue pill. Do See better, you brother. later. No, I'm kidding. Do better. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to just speed run through this, right? Yeah, go. Ready? Yeah, go, go, go. All right, don't so, worry about me, sweetheart. So in the 2022 VMAs, Jay Balvin and Ryan Castro performed next to a very large CGI projection, a hologram of a larger-than-life lady, right, who was wearing bikini bottoms, and she was shaking her ass on stage, shaking her butt, which just drew more emphasis on the worship of the butt, which is designed to further push the gender blurring um, agenda which is designed itself to uh, confuse the young generation into what is sexual like like what is gender what is sex you know it's just designed to confuse and to um, also use as a hypnotizing weapon to control the masses right and curious enough right there was yet another case of an eye structure inside of the pyramid structure so there was a pulsating eye like thing which was like white it's kind of like the moon but it still abided by the same use of the eye in the middle of the pyramid and um yeah and then it's just what i said before um the lyrics that they performed in the song that they chose to perform at, on this stage on this pyramid structure stage there was a lyric that said Yo te como el triangulito como illuminati, which literally translates to I'll eat your triangle, aka your box, like illuminati, mm -hmm. uh, which makes no sense when isolated. But when placed in the context of this pyramid structure and this eye-shaped thing in the middle of it, it makes sense. Right. And the reference to illuminati alone should already be a red yeah. flag. It's very alarming. And also, why is it still relevant? Right. If people say... Oh, you guys are reaching, man. Oh, you guys are still talking about Illuminati? That's so 2008, 2010, dude. That's that was so 10 years ago. 2008. You so 2000 and late. <laughs> I got that boom, boom, pow, yeah. Um, here's what's interesting to me, right? Because I'm Brazilian. I'm Brazilian. I've lived in Brazil for over, let's say, over six to seven years. And I grew up there. I went to high school there. And so as a Brazilian, I was really taken aback and just really caught off guard when I saw Anita performing at the 2022 VMAs, right? 
Because usually when you're a superstar inside of Brazil, they usually decide to stay there. Like they'll occasionally have their their tours around around the US, but it's usually to coincide with the time where they want to go shopping and they want to go to New York City to buy clothes, which is cheaper than buying in Brazil. And so they are millionaires in Brazil. And so they come here and they still have a lot of money, obviously, even if it's converted to dollar and they spend, spend, spend. And then they kind of, you know, to to get, I guess, tax write-offs and to get some form of tax exemption, they use it as a business travel, right? Because they're traveling for business and they perform in places like Newark. They perform in places like New York and stuff because that's the hub of where most Brazilians are in the U.S., I feel, you know, like that's mm. the biggest hub. But my point is that once you're big in Brazil, you usually don't like travel into the U.S. Yeah. You know, and there are just like very few cases of Brazilian superstars within the U.S. or global superstars. And Anita, who in the past few years went from being a big star in Brazil and an ex-mistress or she was like a special friend with benefits of Neymar, who's the soccer player, um, she shows us exactly how it happened that she became a global superstar. And she starts her performance sitting on top of a stage prop and she's surrounded by men and women who worship every step and follow her every command. She sits in the middle, literally, like it just coincides, like her positioning, right? She sits in the middle of a huge eyeball contained yet again within this pyramid structure, which is the stage, right? And she then has a moment where she, after she, she, she does her singing kind of, she says, did you think I wasn't going to shake my ass tonight? And then she emphasizes the ass worship. And mm. that's where she she transitions to Brazilian funk, which is, again, it's just hyper-sexualized because, because Brazilian people are just very, very sexual beings, right? And so they they love sex, love sex. Like I've lived there, I've seen it firsthand. Like that's all they care about is, but is um, drinking and sex, right? And so then she starts twerking her butt and she just starts twerking and shaking her ass and stuff. And then her dancers and her backup dancers become completely enamored and hypnotized by every movement of her cheeks. And I feel like they represent the audience, right? And and it's just interesting. But then after she does this, after she complies with the agenda of gender blurring and ass worship, the hidden hands appear once again, right? The hidden hands of the occult reappear and they open the doors of the pyramid to anita so they're like basically granting her access after she's complied and that's a recurring theme throughout the entire 2022 vmas so she is granted yet another entry right another industry slave gets to join the secret club mm -hmm. and then she proceeds to do just that and 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 what's interesting too is is that Prior to the 2022 VMAs, Anita appeared in a New York Times article posing with one eye covering. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> covering. It's it's because I can't really read, guys. It's just my script here. I sometimes just write so fast that I'm like <laughs> jumbling my words. But Anita had recently appeared prior to the 2022 VMAs. She recently appeared in a New York Times article posing with one eye covered and one eye exposed, which we see every main celebrity that becomes part of this club like they have to show their devotion that way and her album cover for versions of me literally has six 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 busts 
of what seems to be different versions of herself, implying the MK Ultra alter personas, different personalities that comes with the art of channeling demons and occult occult deities and just gods, you know? So so that's what a lot of them do. Like Nicki Minaj has like six alter personalities, alter personas or whatever. So so what they do in MK Ultra is they stratify your mind. They use either torturing, they use hypnotism, they use different forms and methods, but they stratify your brain so that it makes it easier for them to occupy each part that's been broken down and inject and reteach your brain to accept different personalities and become different beings and different persons act different ways. And usually that's when the um, handlers come into play and they have keywords that they tell these celebrities that these keywords trigger that, that inner mutation and conversion into like this new persona. Right. Um, and let me see. Uh, okay. And the and, album cover is shaped in a triangle, right? And it's shaped in a triangle. Yeah. I almost forgot to mention that. Yeah. But it's shaped in a triangle, different personalities. Like a pyramid. L like a pyramid. And, and, the, and the version of Anita that's at the forefront is a version that has one eye covered with her hair. Mm. And all the other ones don't have one eye covered because all the other ones are the demon entities, alter personas that are taking hold of this vessel. Yeah. So she's just inviting it. That's and, so crazy. And she just came out of nowhere, dude. Like, like, like she's been popping off in terms of like global appeal. And it's because she has the help of the occults, you know, the occult groups that govern everything. Here's what's interesting too, that you can't really deny. Um, what's even crazier is that when she went up to receive the award for best Latin video at the 2022 VMA awards, she was shown wearing a red dress, right? Anita was wearing a red dress, which is the color that's used by the occult during sacrifices and initiations. Additionally, though, she also had her left breast strategically exposed, alluding to the same process of the Masonic initiate who has to expose his left breast. Mm. And so the Masonic initiate use usually is portrayed as just being uh, wearing a shirt with the left part of their body or the left part of their chest exposed Bare. and they're blindfolded mm. barefoot. And that's just part of the initiation phase. It's part of the humiliation phase. And her dress was red and her left breast was deliberately kind of see through separated from right. the rest of the flow of the dress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just found that super crazy. Yeah, um, that is crazy. I mean, yeah, the like you have to question everything when you're watching these things. That's higher because why is it that red is always a, you know, constant theme that we see too. And it's always used, right? Yeah. Throughout. Um, I already touched on Bad Bunny on how he had to kiss a male backup dancer in order to receive his award. Um, mm -hmm. Nicki Minaj. Let's just do Nicki Minaj. And I think that's the last one. Yeah. So Nicki Minaj, right, at the 2022 VMAs. Nicki Minaj has always creeped me out. I'm just going to say that. Um, I feel like that's just my soul. Also, my, my, my spirit kind of having its own senses and kind of just realizing what she is, you know, which is just a vessel for the uh, channeling of different demons. And she's even admitted it herself, right? Um, but anyways, like, she's always creeped me out. And... I've seen multiple different interviews where Nicki Minaj is confessing to having multiple person 
multiple personalities who inhabit her body and make an appearance whenever they want to mm. with her not having any real control or saying as to when that would happen, right? And the spirits or demons that inhabit Nicki Minaj's body are called Roman Zelansky, the Harajuku Barbie, female Wheezy, Nikki Lewinsky, and Chun Li. Her VMA performance revolved around Freemason principles and monarch mind control, aka MK Ultra, right? Mm -hmm. It shows her being trapped inside of a Barbie toy box, implying her role as a puppet, as a pawn, right? And she is an object of influence and false worship, right? So Barbie is usually like the the beauty standard, you know, for, for young girls. And it's right. an idol to kind of mirror yourself after. She switches in between her many demonic alter egos during her performance, right? When a simulated lightning storm surrounds the stage and lightning has been associated throughout history with being Lucifer, right? Because Lucifer fell from the heavens like lightning. Mm-hmm. And you're highlighting the stuff and it's appearing here. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. Uh, she randomly de decides to torture a lady who is tied up in a chair using bondage gear, which was super random, right? Because her song doesn't really talk about torturing. Uh, she was performing Monster by Kanye West. And it's just her like literally torturing this random lady who's just tied up in, in bondage gear. And she's just doing whatever she wants to do with it. It was kind of weird. But... Um, but this could represent and could be symbolic of torture tactics that are used by the uh, people behind MK Ultra, right? So they use torture in order to create more dissociation and to make room for more alter egos and personas to inhabit that vessel. And that's kind of what I said before about stratifying your brain and stratifying your mind and then injecting personalities and channeling demons. And then she performs, and this is just the cherry on top. She performs inside of the pyramid structure. And it's the literal symbol from the Blue Lodge Freemasonry logo, right? So it's the, it's the Blue Lodge Freemason logo is the performance that Nicki Minaj did at the 2022 VMAs. And it's complete with the checkered... Checkerboard flooring. With the checkerboard pattern flooring. And it just looks exactly. So it's another one of those cases where if you get the the uh, Blue Lodge Freemason logo and you compare it to Nicki Minaj's performance, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's so mind-blowing to me. And you can't say it's a coincidence. Like checkerboard pattern floors are the biggest telling sign that something is, is probably masonic right and i was gonna say that it's interesting because a lot of music artists have these alter egos quote unquote just like eminem has slim shady right and slim shady is like this you know un unhinged personality which you can say is like a demon almost yeah it's just this outspoken kind of say like absurd things obscene things and, and I think that it's interesting that you said that she has like all of these alter egos and and it can literally be what you're saying, like these these demons, these uh, um, these personalities as a as a result of like mind control or whatever. And just how like it's passed off as an alter ego or whatever the case is, and people mm -hmm. find it um, it like unique or enticing or whatever but then when you really look into it it's just super unsettling 
because you see how different I don't know like how anyways yeah just how different and controversial yeah. it, they are in a, in a sense I guess yeah and and I just recommend everybody who's listening or watching to just do some deep diving you know just try to analyze things try to really objectively look at things even if you're a fan of something, try to just take a step back and see what happens. Like, see if you feel the same way and maybe try to disassociate yourself a little bit from that mindset of being a fan of something or someone and just really analyzing them as human beings first and then spiritual beings and then and then, and then seeing what they want from you. Like, like what are they trying to accomplish? Where, where are they trying to lead you? You know, like, what are they trying to sell you? And then you'll slowly realize that nothing is as it seems in this world. And I feel like ever since COVID happened, I feel like there's been this expedition when it comes to spiritual awakening. It's like more and more people are just becoming awake to what's really happening. And they're, and they're realizing the, the faulty nature of our government, of our celebrities, of our famous people, of our everything. Everything is, fault, it is by design faulty and imperfect. And I, and I feel like in order for us to achieve perfection on a spiritual level, we have to really focus on the imperfections and really try to understand them. Yeah. You know, and these imperfections could be demonic forces that govern the world. It could be lizard people living underground um, in the inner earth um, across Antarctica, like all these things I'm going to eventually touch on. But it doesn't matter what you choose, like what your villain is, but there is a villain. And they're more than what you assume, you know, like the enemy of your enemy is not your friend and your your friend could be your enemy is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's well said. I don't know if it is, but yeah, that's no, what, it is for what sure. I'm going to close off on my end. Yo, you're done? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to do the whole rest. I nah. feel like you had some other stuff. No, nah, the other stuff isn't really that important. Um, I wanted to just quickly share since we're on the topic of like you know being awakened um and and on my end i was on like the scheme of children specifically being targeted and this is it'll be really quick but yeah. it's my i have like a conspiracy which i've been seeing a lot of people talking about now um which is that monsters inc is a movie about adrenochrome right and i am convinced that monsters inc is a movie about adrenochrome because the movie's plot is literally centered around the monsters who work at Monsters Incorporation, where they enter through doors that take them into human children's bedrooms at night um, in order to scare them because the children's fears, specifically their screams, are used to power the city of Monstropolis. Mm. And then they even use ranking systems to see who can extract the most screams from these children and they're absorbed into these like uh tubes right these containers or whatever and they literally look like blood yeah when they're filling up and if you think about the tactics that are used by the elites right like when they consume or how they acquire the best form of adrenochrome blood is by spiking the adrenaline in children so you have to torture you you have to deliberately instill fear and make them terrified you know, and then you extract the blood and exactly. then it's at, the, it's at its most potent level. You it, know, it, 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 you're extracting the most energy, which in right. this case, they're using it to power their city. 
but that could just be like which is a metaphor for powering the entire infrastructure that we currently live in like right. it's literally politicians who run the city celebrities the powers that be the dark forces that govern this planet they all use this as as a power source literally and they throw it in your face because of karmic retribution it's like they have to balance out their karma and and so doing and the best way to do so is by you know uh being very uh upfront yeah and forward and transparent exactly with everything yeah um but it's interesting because the more screams that are captured and harvested the more energy that's extracted and the the most crazy part that stood out to me is that the CEO of Monsters Inc., Water News, um, he adopts this crazy, like, crazy harmful scheme with the help of his employee Randall, which is the chameleon shape-shifting monster, lizard-like being, exactly, right? which implies lizard people. This scheme to kidnap the children and extract their screams with the help, with the help of a machine called the Scream Extractor. That sucks out the screams of, of fear from children, and at full capacity, the device torturously forces the screams out of them until they ultimately meet their end. <laughs> it's so crazy because when you look at the movie, like they tested it on Mike on uh, well, Mike Lebowski. No, on on a different employee, and it was just sucking yeah. the scream and fear out of him the until he was like pale, pale blue. Yeah. And it could have led to his death if mm -hmm. it had continued. And this device was created so that they would kidnap the children from these rooms, yeah. use that device on them and, and fully extract all of the scream and energy that they can yeah. from adrenochrome, right? You know what's crazy real quick? Yeah. Is that I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast earlier today. I was listening to his interview with uh, Pauly Shore who is Mitzi Short's son. And Mitzi Short, for those who don't know, is the, well, was, because she recently passed away, but she was the most important person in comedy that wasn't a comedian. And, and that's exactly what Joe Rogan said, right? So she was the owner of the comedy store and she would pass comedians and she would decide if you were going to be a, the, the next big shot comedian, right? Mm -hmm. And so she was a huge figure and she was a gatekeeper, right? And what's interesting is that Paulie Shore was sharing a story about his mom seeking seeking treatment for I forgot what it was exactly, but she was going to a different country that wasn't the U.S. to get um, stem cell treatment that came directly from a fetal like from from babies. What? It's like she like she was injecting something baby related. I think it was like fetal fetal cells or something like that into her body. And that was helping her stay younger. And she would even say like, oh, like, you know, screw it. I don't care. Just give me more of that because it's helping me stay younger. And if you go on like, um, I think there was this Oprah or Ellen show interview where this lady was just explaining how this cream that, no, Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey show, I think she was just basically showing him this cream. And she said that it was made with um, baby cells. It's like baby cells, essentially. So we don't know what that means. And then Steve Harvey just like made a face like, what? Baby cells or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then and then all of the major celebrities use babies. And maybe it's like, you know, like you don't know what the implications are. And we'll eventually get into Pizzagate one day. But, you know, babies are used a lot. 
by these celebrities and by the elite to maintain their immortality and to and Youthful. to youthfulness. Yeah, it's like they want to achieve immortality and they use babies. It's always the center of discussion. So it's interesting how Monsters Inc is exactly that. It's literally talking about that. Yeah, and this is the craziest part because I don't know how many people <laughs> caught on to this, but in the movie Water News yells at one point i'll kidnap a thousand children before i let this company die and i'll silence anyone who gets in my way which sounds like epstein to me yeah and then this this is so crazy but i don't know if people will think it's a stretch or not but there is a biblical passage from mark uh verse 9:42, where jesus warns um quote Whoever offends or abuses one of these children that believe in me, it would be better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. And when juxtaposing this with Waternoose's actions, his words, you can't help but notice even his name is symbolic. Yeah. So water is associated with sea. Right. And noose refers to the millstone being hung about his neck or about the offender's neck. Wow. So literally water noose, like he is the one abusing these children. Very subtle. And this is this would be his consequence. It would be hanging from the neck and drowned in sea. Water right. noose. And then if you look at what he is, he's a crustacean monster. So he is he has like crab legs. He's half crustacean and half like spider. Yeah, right? I think because of or the something. eyes, he's like spider, half spider. Yeah. But then it really emphasizes the association with water and the sea because he has the crab legs. That's so crazy. Yeah. And I mean, incredibly deep, too. Why water noose? Like, you have to question everything. Like, why the word noose? If anyone knows what a noose water is, noose, right? Yeah. And why water noose? From all the choices you could have made. Yeah. yeah. And he says the line, the, the literally says, I'll kidnap a thousand children before I let this company die. Like he literally admit openly admits to abusing children and maybe even killing them. Yeah. Because what is he doing after kidnapping the children? He you surely isn't returning them back home. He's shipping them directly to Jeffrey Epstein's island. But confirmed here on the Mentally Gun podcast. It's super crazy. And then really quickly i'm just gonna like jolt through this but there's a lot of one eye symbolism in monsters inc the logo uh for monsters incorporation is an m with an eyeball in the middle yeah. and mike wazowski who's the main character has only one eyeball and his girlfriend has snakes for hair like medusa and there are many other monsters shown with one eye but the craziest part is that there's a commercial um, uh, playing on a TV in the movie that shows Monsters Inc. Monster Inc. <laughs> Monster Inc. Monsters Inc.'s blueprint or plan to use more efficient energy, and then you quickly see a triangle with an eye inside. Oh shoot! Like Illuminati confirmed, oh, and it's God. definitely not a coincidence. And then another interesting thing is that when the monsters are walking in for work. You look at the clock in the background, right? And the and the one hand is on nine, the short hand, the hour hand nine, and the other one is on eleven. Oh my god. For literally nine fifty AM, but nine eleven, and then on the map next to the clock, it's highlighting the East Coast area. Oh my god. So it so this is what's crazy is that 
It's literally pointed at 9-11, the hand, the the shorthand and the big hand on the clock. And then the map is highlighting the East Coast area. Mm-hmm. And 9-11 was a time of great fear for people in New York City, people in America and people in other parts all over the world. Right. And so what better, what better Place. event or setting or whatever than, than 9-11 to extract adrenochrome screams or fear from fear. children yeah. then and uh, and maybe target kids who live in the vicinity of where this tragic event in, happened in the east coast right because right. that's what's highlighted on the map so that is what they're like that is the doors uh-huh. that they're going to have access to is along that east coast area and that goes back to my theory that we humans are being farmed for our energy mm. and the purest and most intense form of energy is fear yeah fear, fear hatred that's why there's fear mongering there's fear-mongering, yeah exactly so it makes sense that that post 9 11 they're focused on this part of the world you know where it, where it happened and they're just capitalizing off of it and maybe that's just basically telling us straight up this is what the world leaders do. This is what this group that operates behind the scenes does. And yeah, and crazy. And think about it. If this is a movie, if this really is a movie about adrenochrome and kids and yeah. and and really instilling fear in them and extracting these, these screams or extracting adrenochrome rather, then you have to think about this 9-11. Like think about how many children lost their parents mm. that day, you know? And so everything's connected. And then the last thing I wanted to point out is that the there's there's a lot of soccer balls in the Monsters Inc. movie, and the soccer ball pattern literally looks like the adrenochrome molecule. What? Yeah. And then <laughs> this is what's so crazy. But ironically, the soccer ball appears multiple times throughout the film. And there's one scene where a soccer ball hits the monster that's inside of this bedroom in the face. And then he leaves the room and takes the ball, the soccer ball with him. In other words, he's leaving with, with the, the adrenochrome. adrenochrome. Wow. Because very it's the soccer ball pattern is the adrenochrome molecule, which is so crazy. And and the soccer ball is like highlighted. Like we see it flung at this monster's face like it's it shows up multiple times it shows up in the monsters university movie a lot like it's so weird but anyways it's i don't know if it's like a stretch again but it's crazy and that's all i have well i just googled the molecule for it and it's the exact patterns on those um old school soccer balls yeah right wild yeah i'm telling you it's literally the same patterns I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a stretch. Who knows? But I don't know, man. I don't Google, think anything's Google, Google a stretch. Google it up. Google it up. Google it. Cause it's just weird. Um, but yeah. Why a soccer ball so much in the movies, like in, in, in all of the Monsters Inc. movies. Yeah. Um, and why this concept? Either they're bringing awareness to it or they're trying to bring awareness to it or they're trying to subtly encourage it so you never know like you really don't know what the agenda is or how to interpret it you just have to be aware of it at the very least i don't think that these are um anonymous superheroes who are trying to look out for us and trying to give us messages and in morse code you know and trying to tell us hey like hey wake up you know i don't think that that's the case unfortunately i think that it's way more sinister i feel like these 
these again these platforms and these writers and these directors and these studio heads at these you know publishing companies at these media companies they are nothing but puppets right and so for example the simpsons people say that oh like the writers of the simpsons are time travelers i think that the the explanation is much simpler it's it's these are high-ranking freemasons who are deeply deeply ingrained within the system and maybe one of their members are members of the group that controls everything like you don't know or at the very least they are getting their information directly from that group right and that that can make these things happen in reality right, right. and who are going to make yeah. these things happen and so they need a a a vehicle a tool a vessel for them to do what we call um conditioning you know it's 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 um desensitizing the masses to these events when they actually happen right and so they did that a lot with 9 11 extraterrestrials um, extraterrestrials stuff. trump winning the election they did it with project blue beam they did it with the firmament with the dome over the earth they've done it with flat earth they've done it with everything so that when it happens it's not as surprising right you know and people are more likely to accept it as something normal right because they're like oh i saw that in the simpsons like yeah. oh wow can't believe they predicted it and then they're so they're more focused on the fact that this show yeah. predicted this event yeah. than they are on the actual event itself and then interesting enough it the reality of the event becomes in their minds just an extension of the show because it's so closely yeah. related with the show that they just view it as like oh shit the simpsons predicted that the simpsons yeah. know everything instead of viewing it as like oh my god the world is ending right it's like no i saw this on the simpsons so our our brains just kind of default back to fiction world you know it's like oh it's just a cartoon so i think that there's a lot man there's a lot going on and that's why this podcast i think is important it's a, it's an important space it's an important platform it's an important thing not because of numbers and because of viewership and all that but because of just the opportunity and the possibility that we still have as free-willed humans to have open conversations in front of a microphone and then publish that final conversation onto the interwebs you know the interlocking of everybody everybody's consciousness is kind of interlocked through the internet and with that being said, I just want to say that if you've watched it up until this point, then you are a real one. We very much appreciate you. This was a longer episode. If you could let us know in the comments, um, in the comment section, or if you want to leave us a rating on whichever platform you're currently listening to, if you want to just let us know what you thought of these um, longer styled episodes, if you guys prefer these longer ones, because I feel like we can really get Talk everything. Talk about more. Yeah. yeah. We could really get everything out. And um, yeah, just what do you guys think? And uh, stay tuned for the next episode because we yeah. have a lot planned. Like this was just a one, two, three topics, like main topics, you know, like there's so much to talk about. Yeah, but we're just getting started is my point. Think of this podcast as your red pill. Once you take it, yeah, you can't go back. You can't go get back, guys. Uh, we can't go back. And so we want to take you down with us no. <laughs> or, or take you up with us. Up, rather. up yeah. with us. Up. Yeah, up. We're the only way is up or out rather out. the only way is out i don't think up or down no, are, no. are good choices because you're still within the system yeah out. it's the elevator the elevator is the devil and that's what prince said before he died in an elevator which is crazy wow yeah just like a little knowledge bombs do you know who who i'm inspiring my my rapid fire nature on this episode i'm inspired by this random tiktoker i forgot his name but he does these conspiracy tiktoks where it's so hard to follow, but it's so entertaining. <laughs> 
because he'll go like Illuminati, Lumen, like Lumen, like Lumus, the Enlightened. The Enlightenment is like Titan, Titans, fought hmm. or whatever. He just goes on these freaking like so far out. So if you think we're far out, just know that there are people out there who just take it to the whole next level. And that's what I'm inspiring myself or that's what I inspired. Inspire, aspire. That's what that's what I use as inspiration for my persona today, for my uh, one of my six personalities. Yeah, not me. Yeah, I'm just me, guys. I'm just um, me. I'm just cool, guys. I'm just cool, I'm man. really cool. Yeah, I'm the crazy one. I'm the mentally gone one, as you can tell. Uh, I mean, I could be mentally gone, but yeah, she's mentally gone when the cameras aren't on for sure. I'm cool on the cameras. Yeah, on the cameras. That's all. Sheesh. I'm Only so on the cameras. Cool on the cameras. Only on the cameras, guys. Trust me. I'm like a I'm like a nitwit on the cameras. A nitwit. Yeah, like like no like brain cells. Head. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can't even form a coherent sentence, and then people are like, "Oh yeah, like this girl talks so slow." No, that's why that's... I say I'm a sloth, man. That's how I'm moving through this life. When you slow down, you can really pick things up. Yeah, that's so true. So slow down your speech. Speak with intention. I'm trying to do that more, and I kept saying I don't know because I don't know. Like I don't have any answers. Um, None of us but do. Yeah, slow down. Yeah, and I feel like that's also a product of us um, taking a hiatus from doing these episodes. And we've we we always come back after like a month, and then and then we apologize, which is why I didn't do that at the beginning. Yeah, we're not. I'm not just, sorry. You know, because I'm just tired of apology because we haven't been MIA like like we've just been MIA from YouTube, quote unquote. But we've been posting reaction f- videos. No, 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 but. But like daily podcast episodes, essentially. That too, yeah. Right. Because because we have different audiences, and so this audience doesn't really care about reaction videos, and well, the you're reaction missing videos out. doesn't really care about the podcast. Well, they're missing out then. But yeah. we're busy. We have all, a lot of stuff going on. You yeah, know, we do have a lot of stuff going on, and we want to make this podcast a priority again. Which, um, admittedly, it kind of fell into the back burner, kind of a little bit, and we kind of just put it on the side. But now we want to heat it up again and just really prioritize it because i feel like this is more important and more valuable than any reaction video any gaming video anything like that i think that in terms of of power like powerful platform i think that this is the most powerful one right and And it's the most underrated one too as of this recording like we barely have 20k subs on youtube you know and that's nothing compared to what we have on tiktok and on instagram you know like we have hundreds of thousands almost a million total well over a million total but yeah but yeah that's um i feel like that's why we've kind of neglected it too because we have expectations for ourselves when it comes to this one we don't want to just say anything we want to say things that are meaningful that actually mean something to us too because we don't want to just regurgitate like random information that we don't really care about and i do feel like we kind of did that with the umbrella video yeah yeah Um, that was by the way our worst choice and we both agreed on that and that's why we didn't do another podcast where we just break down a music video because i don't want to do that yeah we will break down things just like we did with the vmas but i also love like what motivates me to sit down every week or what will motivate me is the possibility of just creating and having new ideas and develop new concepts on the fly as i'm speaking into this microphone because that's my superpower i feel i talk fast i sometimes make a lot of sense and when i do make a lot of sense it's sometimes i i like to think it's very valuable and it could have the power of shifting someone's mindset shifting someone's outlook 
And that's what sells it for me. It's not coming on here, having a script breakdown of Rihanna doing Umbrella, a song from over 20 years ago. It's like, I don't want to, well, over 10 years ago, but I don't want to do that, you know? Yeah. Just that. Like, we'll do that if you guys enjoy that because we did enjoy, you know, touching on it, but we'll add it into the mix of everything else. And just to prove that we're in the Matrix, I went to Target Right. Like briefly after we posted that episode and I hadn't been to Target in a while. And the first song that I hear in Target is Umbrella by Rihanna. And what are the odds? Because I've been to Target multiple times. I've and never, never heard. I've never heard. It, I've never heard it. And also like there's like this uh, dance uh, electronic dance song that I would like I was listening to. And we went to Target together. I had never heard that song on any radio in any store. Yeah. And suddenly I was hearing it in the Target. And again, like I rarely go to Target. It's like once in a while, you know, maybe twice a month or whatever the case is. But it's like it's so strange to me when I start seeing these coincidences because they're not coincidences. They're not. They're 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 um, omens is what I like to view them as. So, yeah, it's like sacred signs that you can underestimate and just under like and just just assume that it's just a coincidence. But that's at your own fault. It's like there there is such thing as as divine omens and you don't even have to subscribe to any particular religion. But there are signs that are not coincidental. Nothing is a coincidence, I don't think, in this world. And so if there's a reason why we decided randomly to dissect this old music video from t 15 years ago and then you walk into a target and they're playing that song yeah it's like that's not by chance like that is something's watching something's noticing and something is responding right and i just wanted to say really quickly that i just had a deja vu moment and we learned that that's like a glitch in the matrix mm -hmm. and i just hope that you're a real person why like you're a real like you know to me <laughs> why i don't know i just hope you're not like a figment of my imagination or something because i don't want to be in this matrix alone what did i say that uh sparked that no it was just like us talking about nothing is a coincidence i had like a deja vu uh, moment yeah and then i just started thinking like what if this is just like a robot sitting across from me i could be a robot Guys, I'm flipping out, but you know that's what, what happens though? when you have yeah. like these conversations <laughs> and then you start going into the Over conspiracy realm and now yeah. you're like, you're questioning Look. if your partner is real or if you're just, if you're like a, in a pod right now with like yeah, everything, know. everything is like simulated for you. Oh, you don't know. And, and that's what happens when we do over two hours. I, I like, I feel like something happens where the universe isn't used to two hour long. Yeah. Time to sign gone. it out, guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm becoming mentally gone and I think yeah. I need to eat too. <laughs> need to eat. Okay. Um, so with that being said, guys, um, thank you again so much for tuning in, for listening, watching. If you guys could uh, do us a big favor and just as as a sign that you enjoy this type of stuff uh if you could leave us a rating if you could leave us a like on youtube a rating on your um podcast platform that helps us tremendously more than you can ever imagine it helps us rank within the hier hierarchical pyramid structure of podcasting and it helps us get to more people and then create a larger community, hopefully, of like-minded individuals who can just 
have open discourse in the comment sections of our videos on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram. It doesn't matter. And um, it all starts with you. So it all starts by you helping us out. And hopefully we helped you in some sense, be it just entertainment, purely entertainment, be it enlightenment, be it whatever it is, just shifting your perspective on certain things. What matters is growth. So if we um, facilitated some form of growth in your personal life then we're grateful yeah that that really is something man like if if i said anything of relevance to you which by the way i'm very passionate about like nutrition i'm well i'm becoming a little bit more passionate about nutrition um and what i'm eating and stuff and yeah i'm definitely gonna do a little segment every episode about the stuff that you might be eating um, just like i did with the artificial food coloring and the petroleum in it and whatever but i want to do a little bit more of that yeah um next i'll probably talk about lab-grown meat Ooh, that's a good one because i have some stuff to say about that but yeah yeah stay tuned thanks for tuning in gracias um yeah it really is special man because if not for this i don't know where i would be yeah, same. Um, I don't have any other talents. I, I don't even think I'm talented enough to do this, but I'm doing it. Um, I don't have any skill, any you know, higher degree, uh, no schooling, no traditional anything. And this is all I know is sitting in front of a microphone, speaking my mind and hoping that it resonates with people because yeah. I'm speaking from the soul and that's all I can do. And I feel like that's the most powerful thing that we can do as humans during our stay on this planet that's it all right so with that being said guys thanks again and don't forget that it's never wrong to be mentally gone peace to the world peace out peace to the world peace out peace to the world i say the last thing peace out peace. <laughs>